Good morning to you all. If you have your Bibles or phones, please turn to James chapter 2, verse 14, which I shall read in a few moments. But just like to say, first of all, that in the past I've stood here sometimes and spoken to you through tears, with some of the sadness and difficult times in the past with Helen's illness and her death. And I'm just so grateful to have a church family because you shared that with us and with me. You wept and you prayed and you supported. And I thank you again for that. And now, of course, we don't only weep with those who weep, but we rejoice with those who rejoice. And I'm so grateful that you know, I can share again with the church family uh, such good news of our engagement, Viv and myself. And thank you for all the interest you've shown. I'm thinking of starting a dating agency. Come and see me. <laughs> and for your prayers and your care for me and for sharing uh, my and our joy with us. So thank you very much. And I'm hoping next week Viv will be able to be here. Now, one of the things that Helen had to put up with over many years, and Viv is beginning to discover, is that when you're a preacher, anything and everything can become a sermon illustration. <laughs> so I've been thinking about diamonds recently. <laughs> and I've discovered an easy way to tell if a gem is a real diamond or if it's a fake. Apparently, you huff on it or breathe on it. And if the, the mist and the fog clears within a second or two, it's a real diamond. But if it's still there five or six seconds later, then it's a fake diamond. You're all right, Justin. You look a little... Um... <laughs> In our passage today, God's Word will breathe over our lives and our faith in particular, to help reveal whether we got true faith or, or maybe not. Is it a saving faith that leads to us being in a right relationship with God, that leads to good deeds, or is it a faith that, well, God exists, but maybe not very much more? He'll call such faith barren or useless and dead. It doesn't lead to life. Not all that glistens is gold. Not all that sparkles is a real diamond. So let's read this passage, James chapter 2, verses 14 to 25. James 2, 14 to 25. <clears throat> what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes or in daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there is one God. Good. Even demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, 
Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. James does not doubt that his readers have faith. In verse 19, they believe there is one God. Many of James's readers would have had a Jewish heritage and background, and they would recite the Jewish Shema from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Twice a day they would say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. They did not doubt that. And with those words, God was beginning to teach people that there aren't many gods, there is just one true God. Polytheism, the belief in many gods, is false. Monotheism, belief in one God, is true. They believe this, and James says, that's good that you believe in God and that there is one God. It is estimated that over 70% of the world's population believe in the existence of a divine being or beings, the majority of whom are comprised of Jews, Muslims and Christians, who are all monotheists, believe in one God. In verse 19 he says, this is a good thing. The Bible tells us that it's a fool that doesn't believe there is a God. But, says James, such faith, though fine, is not necessarily faith that saves, faith that leads to life. And he illustrates this by talking about demons. He reminds us that even demons believe there is one God, but of course such belief doesn't save them. In fact, they shudder at the thought of God. In Luke chapter 8, we read the story of a man who's possessed by demons. The demons believe that God is real. The demons believe that Jesus is God's son. But they don't rejoice. They reject him and they rebel. And they shudder and they cry out not to be thrown into the abyss. So merely believing that God exists or there is one God doesn't necessarily lead to being saved and a right relationship with God. Faith that saves, faith that leads to sinners being made right with a holy God, in a right relationship with God, is more than believing God just exists. It's more than mere words on the lips. God is one. It is a faith in God, a faith that trusts God. A faith that rejoices in God, obeys God, serves God in doing good deeds. 
James chapter 2, verse 17. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. At the top of Blackpool Tower, as some of you may know, there is the Walk of Faith. I don't know if you've been on it. It's a pane of glass in the floor, a big pane of glass, quite thick glass. And when you stand and look down, you can see all the way down, I don't know how far it is, but a long way down to the pavement below. And it's called the Walk of Faith, and you're invited to walk across it. Well, I was there with Helen, and she didn't hesitate. Straight across it. I kind of believed it would be safe. <laughs> that it would take my weight. But it wasn't a belief that led to action. <laughs> I stayed where I was. If I remember rightly, I believe Helen very kindly bought me a certificate that said, What a wuss. <laughs> James invites us to reflect on our faith. Is it a faith that just talks the talk, or is it a faith that walks the walk? Is it a faith that just talks the talk? Such faith, James says in verse 20, is useless or barren. It doesn't lead to anything good. In verse 17, he says, it's dead. It doesn't lead to life. Verse 14, he says, it cannot save us. In verse 24, he says, it will not make us right with God. But a faith that walks the walk is useful, fruitful, alive, and lead to righteousness and life. Such faith is not barren, but fruitful, because it leads to action and to good deeds. In verses 20 to 24, he uses Abraham as an illustration of this. Abraham has faith in God, but it's a faith that leads to obeying God. He walked the walk. His faith led to action, even the raising of a sacrificial knife over his promised covenant son, Isaac. It was true faith, saving faith, that in the end led not to death, but to life. For God saved Isaac and provided a sacrifice in his place. Abraham was declared righteous in a right relationship with God. He's called a friend of God. By his obedience, by his action, by that deed, his faith was shown to be true faith, saving faith, faith that led to Abraham being declared right with God. What about Jesus? Well, he walked the walk. His faith in God was expressed in his obedience to God. All that the Father gave him to do, he did. His life was a life not of mere words, though they were precious words, but a life of action and a life of good deeds. Did not Jesus feed the hungry, care for the sick, 
provide for the widow. True faith always leads and results in good deeds. James chapter 1, verse 27. James 1, verse 27. Religion that our God and Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And if you turn on just a page or two from James, you'll come across the first letter of John. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. Where we read. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. I'm going to read a passage now from Ephesians chapter 2, which you might like to turn to. Ephesians chapter 2. In the first few verses, he just underlined that apart from God, we have no hope. We are objects of wrath. We are sinners and we cannot save ourselves. And then Ephesians 2, verses 4 to 10. And notice how the wonderful grace of God, the gift of faith, leads into doing good deeds prepared by God for us to do. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incurable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Such faith is a gracious gift of God. And when God plants such faith in a person's heart, then a life of good deeds will grow from that faith. This is part of God's great plan of salvation. Not only are those who put their faith in God saved and blessed and made right with God, the children of God, but the good deeds which come from such faith will bless others and will glorify God. God's plan of salvation. Not only are those who put their faith in God saved and blessed and made right with God as the children of God, but the good deeds that come from that faith will bless others and glorify God. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. 
Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. True faith leads to true deeds that lead to the blessing of others and glory to God. Of course, all sorts of people do good deeds, not just religious people and not just non-religious people. And doing good is always good. All good deeds ultimately come from God, whatever a person's belief. For God, our creator, is a good, good God. All he makes is good. Genesis, we read, very good. And all he does is good. He is a good, good father. Some people do good deeds to be seen, to receive praise from people. Some do good deeds because they're humanitarians and they value people. Some people do good deeds out of kindness and love. Some people do good deeds to try and please God, to try and earn their salvation by their actions. But as we read in Ephesians 2, that's not possible, nor is it necessary. For faith by which we are saved is a gift from God that we simply gratefully receive. And no doubt many of us have mixed motives when we do our good deeds. Do you think that's true? Mixed motives? But when we do good as a result of God's gift of faith, of God's gift being fruitful in our lives, then first our faith is proved to be true. And second, God is glorified by such good deeds. So, my brothers and sisters in Christ, when you walk the walk of faith, perhaps say a prayer for someone, write an encouraging letter or send a kind text, when you give someone a lift in a car, buy someone flowers, visit someone in hospital, give someone a smile, a gift, a helping hand, then God is glorified. Did you wonder how you could glorify God? Do a good deed. Isn't that great? <laughs> Our acts of kindness, whether they be large or tiny, whether they're seen by people or not seen by people, they are seen by God. And such fruitfulness from such amazing faith glorifies our Father God reflects his own character as a good, good God who does good deeds. Titus 2, verse 14 says this. Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good eager to do what is good. And Titus 3 verse 8 says this. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things 
so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Be devoted in doing good. Good deeds, born of God's gift of faith, are like the sparkle of a truly beautiful diamond. But far, far more precious than a diamond. For those good deeds glorify God. They reveal his beauty and his goodness. Amen.